Hello and welcome to the author Dennis Galloway podcast show. Now in this chapter, I'm trying to show how things have changed for Al. And I wanted to uh, be really descriptive on the struggle that this young boy had in dealing with just surviving in the streets of Cairo. Didn't know quite how to do this, so I used my imagination a lot on uh, what it's like to try to do something and nobody believes you. Uh, you're unproven. They're not sure they accept you. And so they keep rejecting your help. This was an idea I had to try to give you a feeling for Al and what he was trying to do to change his ways so that uh, he wouldn't go down the dark path. He wouldn't follow people who steal or lie, but he wanted an honorable life. So how is he going to do that? So listen and find out how he did. Chapter 12, Hope for a New Life. Harold heard the narration in his head before the white fog cleared from his eyes. He looked up, and he saw it was night, and the stars were shining above in a black velvet sky. There was no moon. He shivered in the cold. Harold looked around and saw, in the dim light of the stars, Al-Hamid curled up against the wall, hugging his knees. When I awoke, it was late in the night. I shivered with the cold, but got up and made my way to find Jamal. Harold followed. I went to the poorest part of the city, where only beggars and thieves slept. I carefully approached a small, smoldering fire, looking for Jamal. However, Jamal was nowhere to be found. Asking around about his whereabouts, I was told he had been caught stealing by a guard with a monkey. I sat down near a low, burning fire that was surrounded by sleeping men bundled up against the cold. Lying near the fire, I wept for Jamal, for he was the first friend I had had in Cairo. I settled in for the remainder of the night, always keeping one eye slightly open, as is the custom when among beggars and thieves. I was determined to renew my effort to find a better way to live. So I decided to try again to find some work the next day. I soon fell into a deep sleep. Harold watched Alhamid as the white fog again floated over his eyes and then cleared. Harold knew some time had passed. Once again he saw Alhamid and heard him narrate his own story. At dawn, I got up early and washed and cleaned myself as best I could. I quickly ran for the markers to try again to become a merchant's assistant. I carefully looked round for the Nubian warrior, but he was nowhere to be seen. Harold ran with Al-Hamid to the market. I waited. So did Harold. Soon the merchants awoke, stretching and yawning as they emerged from their stalls. I carefully approached each merchant, and they watched me warily. Excuse me, sir. I wish to work for my living. Do you have any tasks that I might perform, especially those that are loathsome to you or that tire you much? I am strong and willing to submit myself to your demands. I do not ask for wages, only for a parcel of bread and some water, so I may complete the tasks you assign me. 
Several merchants waved me off before I finished my request. Some, without even looking my way, told me to go. But I did not give up. I proceeded to the next merchant, and so on. Little did I know I was being observed by a very wise man. He watched me negotiate with each merchant, working my way around the marketplace. Harold had settled down on a nearby box to watch Alhamid and listen to him tell his story. He saw a well-dressed man with a white beard sitting at a small table sipping a drink, watching Alhamid too. He was concerned this might mean trouble for Alhamid. I finally succeeded in getting a merchant to agree to have me perform some tasks to earn my bread and water wage. I quickly finished the tasks and then sat down to devour my meager meal, for I was starving, but happy. Harold saw the white-bearded man get up and walk toward Alhamed. He did not see him coming. Harold got up, too, and followed, ready to help Alhamed if necessary. As I was about to leave the market, I felt a large hand land on my shoulder. Startled, I turned about to see a tall, turbaned man in flowing, rich robes. He looked me directly in the eyes. Come with me, and I will teach you a better way to live, the man said as he turned and strode away. My heart leaped with joy and wonder. I raced to catch up with him, not caring I might be getting into something dangerous. It was exciting. Harold followed. We went to a small stall that served coffee and bread with fruit. The bearded man waved for a server and placed an order for us. Harold sat in a chair at an empty table across from Alhamid and the man. A server came by and cleaned the table. He tried to move the chair Harold sat on, but was unable to do so. Try as he might, the chair refused to move. Shrugging his shoulders, the server simply left, and Harold continued to listen and watch the two men. My name is Yomana Karim, said the stranger. I am a merchant of fine and specialized products. What is your name? He spoke with such politeness and dignity. Still weary, I first told him another name. I am Mustafa Noor, the son of Hamid Noor, a local merchant, I said. He looked deeply into my eyes. Now tell me the truth, for you surely you know only the truth will get you what you want, he said. I hung my head and did not say anything for a moment. His words were kind and his eyes soft, so I did not fear him. I decided to tell the truth, and I am so glad I did, for what followed was a new path for me, a path that has led me to where I am today. I am Alhamid, a street rat. Not by choice, but by necessity. I said with my head lowered and my eyes cast down. I did not tell him I was an escaped slave, but I suspect he knew by the scars on my ankle. Is this the life you would choose for yourself? If so, I will buy you a meal and bid you be on your way, he said. No, I said. My heart desires to be better, to be a merchant or a soldier or an artisan, anything but a street rat. I do not know how I am going to do these things, but I am resolute. I shall be one of these things, and my life shall be better. Jamal, my friend, laughed at me for such dreams and told me to be content with my life the way it is. He said I should not try to be anything else. I cannot do as Jamal advised, for I feel there is so much more, 
and I am determined somehow to build a better life. I spoke with a firm voice, but with tears in my eyes. He listened without interrupting. A smile spread across his whiskered face as he watched me babble on and puff out my chest to prove my resolve. Then the smile left his face, and he looked at his cup of tea. I already saw that you are a thief and a liar, but I suspect it is only out of necessity. Am I right? He asked with raised eyebrows. I shook my head up and down, yes. I see you are determined to change your life, find a better path. Are you willing to do anything it takes to do so? I shook my head again. Can you keep your promises? Are you trustworthy? Again I shook yes. He raised his eyes from his cup and looked into my eyes searchingly. With a deep, serious tone and demeanor, he said, I am in need of an apprentice, but I do not yet know if you are worthy. I would teach my apprentice my trade, dealing in highly sought-after items. Such apprentice would eventually be wealthy and be comfortable in old age. Of course, long hours and years of learning are required, but by following my teachings, my apprentice's future would be assured. He again looked at his cup. But, as I said, I do not know if you are worthy of such a noble pursuit. He then took a sip of his tea. Sir, I am willing to do whatever it takes to improve myself. I am trustworthy. Jamal can tell you how I kept secrets of thieving and worked hard to master them. I am honorable. I carry things belonging to Jamal and return them to him when asked. I keep my promise. He stopped me by holding up his hand and said, I will devise a test to see if you are worthy. If you pass the test, then I will take you on as my apprentice. The test will be one in which integrity, determination, and compassion will be required. Can you keep your promise? Can you do what you say you will do with determination and compassion? The test will tell the tale of your willingness and worth, and in turn, it will write the story of your future. I nodded, indicating I could pass such a test. Then take some silver coins I will give you, and on the next day promise to appear with the rare fruits I want, fresh and ripe, mind you, at the Plaza Colima by dawn and at the time of the call for morning prayer. The task seems simple, but it would prove to be one of the most difficult I'd ever faced. Yes, I can do that easily. I promise to appear with the fruit you request by dawn and the morning prayer in the Plaza Calamar. I said, smiling, thinking I would surely become his apprentice. With that, he opened a bag and handed me two silver coins and described the fruits he was looking for. You promise to complete this task? He again asked seriously. I will, I said, matching his seriousness. Until tomorrow, then. We got up from the table and bowed to one another. With that, he walked swiftly away as I watched him go. I couldn't believe my luck. In my hand were two silver dinars. It was more money than I had seen in a year. Harold got up so swiftly to follow Alhamid that he tipped over his chair. It crashed to the floor, causing other people to look around and puzzled at how a perfectly good chair could suddenly topple over and crash to the floor. Harold did not notice and followed Alhamid. Thank you for listening to this episode. Sure hope you enjoyed it. If you're interested in getting the entire audio file, you can go to your audio store of your choice. 
and put in the title of the book and you'll find it there to purchase. Thank you so much. This has been The Pen, Dream Traveler's Tales, Book One, Sultan's Wisdom, written by Dennis Galloway, read by Dennis and Corky Man Galloway, copyright 2020, published by Blue Yonder Studios, production copyright 2021 by Sean Denovan.